In the drawing room, a group of suspects gathered. The detective has solved the mystery. Ladies and gentlemen, the butler did it. <laughs> You'll never catch me. The butler darted to his getaway car. But what he didn't know is this is a Nissan sales event ad. Wait, what? And his car is no match for the detective's Nissan Rogue or its standard VC turbo engine. Save on one of your own at the Nissan Thrill of the Drive sales event. Get a low $2.99 per month lease on Rogue. Availability is limited. Shop your local Nissan store and NissanUSA.com today. For well-qualified customers subject to NMAC credit approval, take from new dealer stock. See dealer for financing details. $39.69 initial payment for 36 months on 2023 Rogue S all-wheel drive. Excludes tax, title, license, and $650 acquisition fee. Disposition fee due at lease end. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer details. Ends 4-3-23. <laughs> Welcome to the second episode of Exploring Hyperspace Lanes. I'm Adam. And I'm Josie. And today we're going to talk about the first Star Wars movie, Star Wars, or episode <laughs> four. What was that noise? <laughs> no, keep going. Okay. I was being excited. It's <laughs> <laughs> like that noise in the commercials. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, hmm. Before we do that, um it is we're recording this on the 29th it's going up next week or in two weeks um but let's talk about what's coming in 2023 for star wars i'm going to give you the names of stuff that's coming and you tell me how excited you are on a scale of one to ten or if you have any thoughts about it at all okay okay so the first thing that's coming on january 4th is season two of the bad batch begins oh that's exciting yeah. Um. So that's. Should I rate cool. it on a scale of excitement? Like just one to ten. To ten. Oh, okay. I am. I have a level six of excitement. <laughs> does it does it increase your excitement to know that Commander Cody will be returning? No. Okay. Just want to put that out there. Uh, in March, season three of The Mandalorian. Oh, I'm excited about that. At a seven. Okay. Then in the spring at some point, with no release date given yet, Star Wars Visions Volume 2. That was that non-canon collection of Star Wars stuff that they did on Disney Plus from all the anime studios. Like a three and a half. Okay. I, I, I buy that. I, I wasn't super thrilled about Visions either. It was fine. It looks cool. It was, um, it was okay. Young Jedi Adventures animated TV series, which this article is the first time I've ever heard of this. Um, it is set during the High Republic about a group of younglings as they embark on missions and learn about friendship. Okay. I like the High Republic stuff so far. It's pretty cool. I sure probably like a like a three. Ahsoka. The live action Ahsoka show with Rosario Dawson. Maybe a four. As she hunts down Thrawn and Ezra Bridger. Oh, Thrawn's going to be in it? Allegedly. Oh. Because remember in her episode of The Mandalorian that she appeared in the first time, she, yeah. she's looking for Thrawn because at the end of Rebels, 
Thrawn and Ezra got thrown into God knows where. Let's call it a four and a half. Okay. Because I'm ex- I, I think it'll be cool to see Thrawn. Um, what about Skeleton Crew? I don't know what that is. So, all right, so here's what's written. It's a group of kids about 10 years old from a tiny planet who get lost in the Star Wars galaxy with an adult teacher who is Jude Law. Oh. It's live action. Okay. And I have another little interesting tidbit here that may influence it. This and Ahsoka are rumored to be expanding the world in ways that have not been done before. Namely, according to what's been reported so far, both of these shows will leave the Star Wars galaxy as we know it and go into a neighboring galaxy. And explore how they view the Force and stuff like that. Okay, sure. And finally, (laughs) I put this one last because I think it's currently shooting now, so I don't know if it's going to come out this year or if it's just wishful thinking to come out this year. The Acolyte, which is another live-action show on Disney+, Plus about a uh, the rise of the Sith at the end of the High Republic era going into the fall of the Republic era. Oh, okay. So I could be, be cool. interested in that. So like it's a five? Sith, it's a Sith-centric show. I like Sith stuff, so maybe and then a, six. Allegedly, I think I need to see more. Yes, the girl who played X-23 in Logan is in it. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, She's the lead. Neat. Um, So that's the all the Star Wars stuff coming next year, excluding books and crap like that. And also, Jedi Survivor comes out next year. What's that? That is the sequel to Fallen Order. Oh. Did you play Fallen Order? No. It's really, really cool. Um, but is that the one with the ginger kid from um Gotham? Uh, uh, yeah, yes. Oh, it did look cool. I've watched some playthroughs of it, not the whole thing, but some of it. It's the closest I've ever played gotten to playing a soul like and enjoyed it because it's not cripplingly difficult. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know about you, but if I'm playing a video game, I don't want to be enraged by it. Yeah. I I don't want to play. I I hate games that are just, oh, it's so hard. Like, you're going to love how hard it is. I'm like, no, I'm not. No. Like, Stardew Valley is my jam right now. Like, I got my farm. I'm good. (laughs) Um, So, on to today's topic of conversation episode four, A New Hope. Um, So, I have some statistics here. Um, Came out May 25th, 1977, with a runtime of 121 minutes. Uh, written and directed by George Lucas. It had a budget of $11 million, and it made a box office to date of $775.8 million, not adjusting for inflation, and also uh, over the course of all re-releases that have come out since. Oh. So I have some cool things about this movie, uh, some cool facts. Episode 4, A New Hope, was added in the 1981 re-release. A 1979 copy of the title page of this script was obtained in the 2000s that was purported to have had the subtitle. However, people familiar with the matter called it a forgery because the exact numbering was up for debate until episode 5 was finalized 
with the original Star Wars being referred to as Episode 3, Episode 4, or Episode 5 at varying points in development. It was not until Empire Strikes Back was formally called Episode 5 that this was established. And at some point in development, the original Star Wars was referred to as Episode 1 with Empire Strikes Back referred to as Episode 2 during its development. Oh. So that's cool. That is cool. Um, In 1981, NPR did a radio drama version of the movie with Mark Hamill and Anthony Daniels reprising their roles, but with new cast doing everything else. This was considered the true canon version of the narrative until Disney's acquisition. Um, But most people are not familiar um, with a lot of the things that were done here. Um, Some of the things that were in it include Princess Leia delivered backstory about the heist that stole the Death Star plans from an Imperial stronghold on Topwara before bringing him to her father on Alderaan and then taking them to find Obi-Wan. This was modified for Rogue One, where it was now on Scarif, and she doesn't bring it to her father. The plan is just to bring him directly to Obi-Wan in Rogue One. Um, Luke watches the battle between the blockade runner and the Star Destroyer on the surface of Tantooine uh, through binoculars. feel like that's not necessary. No. Um... There was a race. There was a a um a uh, a pod race. Okay. In nineteen eighty one, uh, the full interrogation of Princess Leia by Darth Vader was in it. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, nothing groundbreaking was included in that. It's just he interrogated her to find out where the plans are. She told him to fuck off. Um, so so think basically the interrogation of Rey by Kylo Ren. Kind of that. So is this in the um This is in the 1981 NPR okay. radio drama. They did like a 5-hour audio drama. Yeah. It was like a 5-hour audio drama instead of a uh um what's it called instead of it being like an they did an audio book too with with the, the novelization but Okay. Um and then also this scene was shot um but was modified. There's a scene where Han Solo meets an agent of Jabba the Hutt at the Millennium Falcon. This scene was shot but was cut. And then was re-added into the special edition. And the human, who was named Heater, is replaced with Jabba the Hutt himself. Oh. With really crappy CGI, if you watched that movie again recently. Um, yeah, that was something I wanted to talk about, was that I've re-watched, I re-watched the, or I started to watch the version that's on Disney Plus right now. And I, I have a lot of things to say about it. <laughs> Yeah, there's, and before we get too far into it, before we say that it's Disney Plus's fault, there is one change between the DVD edition before Disney bought it and the Disney mm-hmm. Plus edition, and there is one line of dialogue that's added in, and it's fucking ridiculous. Um, okay. it is in the scene in the in the cantina where um where Greedo and Han have a confrontation, right before the shooting, Greedo says McClunky. <laughs> and it's so out of place and it's so obviously ADR'd in that it's just like it's ridiculous. I don't know why they did that. Um <laughs> I have a list of some of the changes between the, the original. Yeah. So I, I, I haven't actually watched all of the the that remastered version. Mm-hmm. Um, well, all the changes you've already seen because they didn't they, that's the only new change. Um, it's it, it's still all the same changes from the 1999, like or the there was 2000... so much new that it was not in the versions that I was watching, and maybe really? it's because 
Yeah, maybe it's because I've always been watching the VHS. That'll do it, because the VHS, the VHS that you had may have been the one that came out before. Fuck, it probably was like one of the first releases, like right when it was released. Right. My dad probably went and got it. Yeah, I always had the DVD, so I'm familiar with the uh, the changes. Um, Okay. So I was not, and they threw me for a loop. Yeah. Oh my god, this changes the movie so much. And you were there, (laughs) like, "Fuck Disney!" I can't believe Disney did this. Because I was like, "Okay, they added a lot of shit that kind of made this a shitty movie." You you are you are in for a trip when you watch uh, Return of the Jedi. Let me tell you that that is. There, there is some of the most egregiously ridiculous CGI editions. Yeah, there was some. Oh gosh, it was really bad. Oh, it was it, like, it, oh god, if you were gonna put that in, why? The maybe you just shouldn't have because it was so bad. Like I the think CGI the one, was, oh. the one that makes it out the best from the editions is Empire Strikes Back, um, because I think that the what in the edition of Empire Strikes Back that you saw was Ian McDermott in it. As the emperor, or was it a different person as the emperor? It was a different person. Okay, yeah. So you definitely saw the despecialized editions before. Um, that's really the only change in Empire Strikes Back is the edition. They change the actor. They swap it out with Ian McDermott, who reshoots the entire scene. Um, so the last him. remastered version, or I've watched maybe once, um, a remastered version where um, Anakin was young Anakin and not old Anakin when he was one with the force or whatever right did you ever see the version with in the scene in Jabba's palace there's a guy who looks at the crackhead mascot from honeycomb singing in a really deep voice in an alien language that doesn't sound familiar at oh all. you you're you're in for something when you watch that oh no okay um but uh changes from the special from the edition, original edition to the special edition include um the, the most egregious one is always Greedo gets a shot off before Han does um, to make because this is the thought process. Lucas wanted Han to be more of a John Wayne type mm-hmm. um, and he did not believe that John Wayne would shoot first. I don't think that's entirely accurate. I think John yeah, Wayne no. would, would probably shoot first, especially if there's a minority involved. Um, the 1975 edition of the script that was used for production indicates that Greedo never intended to get a shot off at all with only one shot and it being Han killing Greedo. Um, so that's that's the biggest and most egregious by a lot. Oh, no, the next one's the biggest one. Um, before Luke and Obi-Wan get to the Millennium Falcon, and there's that scene where they, where they see it for the first time, and that's where the big reveal is for the Falcon, they included the scene that we mentioned earlier with Heater. The difference mm-hmm. was they put the giant CGI job of the hut. And it was um, so bad looking. Yeah. And like Han does oh. that thing where he steps over it, but it's very obviously they just picked up his character and like moved him mm-hmm. up and down. Like he's not actually walking. Um, yes. And then I don't think Boba I made it beyond too. that scene when I was rewatching because I just kind of got sad. <laughs> and I said, I need to go to bed now. <laughs> and Boba Fett's in that scene too and looks directly into the camera and breaks the fourth yes. Um, They refine, I think the refining the effect on the lightsabers is good, um, but you still do have those like. Anytime someone ignites a lightsaber, there's like a hard stop in the action for mm-hmm. like a frame and it comes back, but they didn't fix that. Um, yeah. They added CGI stormtroopers to Tatooine and the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Um, they added shockwaves to the destruction of Alderaan and the Death Star. Um, there is in the back, in the establishing shot of the X Wings flying to fight the Death Star um, at the end of the movie, 
They added Yavin 4 in the background with CGI, and they included Luke's reunion with Biggs, which means absolutely nothing because we never met Biggs before that moment anyway. So <laughs> reuniting them means absolutely nothing. Um, oh my goodness. So some changes with the novelization, if you want to hear some of these. Sure. Um, Alan Dean Foster wrote the novelization of the movie uh, in 1976 before the movie came out, which led to some interesting changes. Uh, they included the scene with Tashi Station with Luke and his friends that was shot but cut from the movie and was available on the DVD. Um, the scene with Jabba and the Falcons included with a description that doesn't match what Jabba looks like at all um, or how Jabba is described in the script. Um, in a technical thing, Luke's assault team was originally Blue Squadron, not Red Squadron, and that was even up until production, and they changed it because the blue uh, would not work with the blue screen, which is how they were oh. shooting it. So the blue details on the X-Wings were changed to red, so that way they wouldn't just fade into the background. Hmm. Um, droid um, is denoted with an apostrophe, like it's a shortened form of Android, where it's apostrophe droid. It uses a derogatory term, the proper term they use all throughout it is uh, mechanical. Oh. Um, Darth Vader is referred to as a Sith Lord explicitly, um, and despite this term not appearing in a movie until Phantom Menace. However, at the 40th anniversary, a few years back, or the 50th anniversary, no, 40th, um, they did do an expanded clip of the scene um, in that boardroom um, where he chokes out the guy. They uh, he does he does refer to him as the Dark Lord of the Sith in that scene. Um, Obi Wan is notably closer to Gandalf than he is in the actual movie, living in a cave instead of a hut, and he has a pipe that he smokes throughout the entire book. Um, okay. and Vader definitively defeats Obi Wan in the duel. Obi Wan does not let him win. Oh. Um, and then one other note. Before the release of A New Hope, Alan Dean Foster wrote a novel to serve as a sequel to the movie called Splinter of the Mind's Eye. It was designed as a low-budget sequel to the movie should the box office returns not be excellent. Once the movie made its money, made the money that it did, this was scrapped and replaced with Empire Strikes Back. It was reestablished in the 90s when it was re-released and placed two years after A New Hope in the canon, but one year before Empire Strikes Back. Hmm. We'll talk about that more when we get to that book at some point in the future. Because okay. um, that book's really cool, and it, like the idea of the Kyber Crystal comes from that book. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. Okay. Um. So, do you have any thoughts on um on on the movie besides any of that? Before I start going through the plot. No, I mean, just all those changes really shocked me. Having like what's burned into my memory be the VHS version. Yeah. And it was. It certainly made me understand people's perception of like, those movies are kind of lame because it did make me feel like, oh, this this is kind of lame. Why did they do that? You know? And I think part of it is too, a lot of it ages, like a lot of it ages very well. Um, mm -hmm. And I think some of the CG changes are not terrible. Like, I think that adding the shockwaves to the explosions is fine. And I think that adding additional X-Wings in the background is fine. And, and like all of that kind of stuff, fixing the lights on the lightsaber is mm -hmm. fine. I just, I like there, there are other things that you're like, Lucas had money and wanted to make changes to reflect how he would have done it originally. But at the same time, he doesn't have a time machine to go back and 
you know, shoot things properly the way it had to have been to properly right. accommodate these things. Um, because like that scene with Han and um with Han and Greedo, this is the one I keep going back to because it's the biggest and most e egregious. The dialogue in that scene is identical to the dialogue in the scene with um with Han and Jabba. And the reason mm -hmm. for that is that scene was cut in production and they reshot it with Greedo because it was markedly cheaper to do it with a puppet and they couldn't mm -hmm. do the effects the other way. Okay. It wasn't a puppet. It was a guy in a suit. But either way, it's still cheaper to do it that way mm -hmm. than it is to do it with, with, the, the, with Jabba being what he envisioned Jabba as. They couldn't do that with puppetry at the time. Yeah. So with both scenes in the movie, you end up with the exact same line of dialogue being given twice in a row because it's back but to then back all scenes. you can do is listen to or all you can see is the bad cgi right and, and there, like there are a lot there's a lot of that like when they're going through moss eisley i totally get why he did it he wanted to feel lived in that's the point of all of that is he mm -hmm. wants the world to feel lived in like this is like we're going in and watching an adventure as it happens in real time kind of like that's the point of it um mm -hmm. But when the CGI is as egregiously bad as it is, and a lot of that comes from the fact just, that this just, was done, it's distracting. Yeah, like seeing more stormtroopers on the dewbacks when they're when they're looking for the droids and like, look, there are droids. Like, and you have those other guys in the back. It's just drawing all your attention there because, like, that doesn't look natural at all. Yeah, I I know I was there was a few there was a lot more added than just that though, that was changed oh, yeah. and that even more than what you listed. Oh no, no no! I just put down the biggest, some of the biggest examples. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't write everything because like, I was there's so distracted by page. by all the changes. Where I was like, that wasn't in there. Neither was that, and that wasn't there. Like the whole time. Yeah, it's just there. There's so much that they just you know they added in, and 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 like, look, I understand, but I think if you're gonna do that, I think what needs to happen now is they need to go back in and kind of fix it like re-specialize yeah. it or despecialize it and just release the theatrical because there's mm -hmm. nothing added in that breaks the canon in any way no. if you remove it altogether. Yeah. Um but uh yeah so I got some notes from rewatch. I I I I didn't save it. I got like halfway through and then I forgot to save it. Um so <laughs> I, and I copied and pasted the plot from Wikipedia so we can go through that. Um I got, I got, I have some, 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 I, I like to think humorous observations. Um, okay. like, okay, so I think the opening sequence in the movie after the crawl, when you have this, you know, when, when they're invading on mm -hmm. the, uh, on, on that, that's the only time in the original trilogy that the stormtroopers are actually scary. Okay. Because from then on, they don't feel like a threat ever in the yeah. original trilogy. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just comical. Yes. Um, and then in the beginning of this movie, there are two times where characters boldface lie to someone who know the truth to their face, um, and it's kind of hilarious, um, because the first one was not intentional in the original movie because it, Rogue One changes it, but um, when when Leia is confronted by Vader, and he's like, "Where are the plants?" and she's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." It's like motherfucker i just watched you leave the planet where they were stolen from like there are like 10 dead guys on the remnants of your old other ship back there because mm -hmm. i just massacred them all 
Like, I know you were there. I know they sent them to you. Where are they? Yeah, um, she says she's on a diplomatic mission. Yeah, but he watched them fly away. Yeah, well, like, she was on a diplomatic mission. <laughs> and it's like, on what plan? And that's the other thing, too. It's like, knowing how the galaxy is laid out, it's like, why the fuck are you on a diplomatic mission out to the middle of fucking nowhere in the Outer Rim? Like, like, you saw not. I mean, you know, the fuck is diplomats. And I think the funnier one within the context of the movie itself is R two lying to Luke, um, which happens when he when he first opens the message, and it's you know, and and the message is there, and R two is like, oh well, if you take the restraining bolt off, maybe it'll help you, you know, it'll help me see more of it. And then he takes the restraining bolt funny. off, and then, and then he... it's like, uh, and it's like, okay, show the message. He's like, what message? And yeah. it's like, well, what the fuck do you mean, what message? <laughs> it was so funny. Like, um, yeah, that one makes me laugh. And uh, let me see, what else do I have written down here? Um, so I think that there's a scene in this movie, like there are multiple scenes in this movie that warranted two entire feature length uh, retcons. Um, namely, that um, there's a discrepancy in how they talk about the plans for the Death Star. Um, because when he goes to, uh, when he's on the, uh, how do you pronounce it? The Tantaviv or okay, I've heard it pronounced that way in an audio book, the name of the blockade runner. I must have called the blockade runner. Um, blockade when, runner? well, that's, that's Leia's ship. Oh, um, it's a blockade runner, but when they're, when they're, when they're on there and he's choking out the captain and he's like, where are the plans? And the captain says, well, we intercepted no transmissions. And it's like, well, I didn't say they were transmitted, motherfucker. So, like, you know. Um, but there's that. And then when they go back to the Death Star and they're in that boardroom scene and he goes, um, you, your magic hasn't been able to restore the stolen data tapes. Um, that discrepancy causes Rogue One to be made because they need to explain how data tapes got transmitted in that way. And that, you, you may think I'm kidding, that is 100% something that they needed to work on in the script. I've heard people talk about it. was like, no, when we were making the script, we had to take those two bits of dialogue and put them together. And it's like, hmm. I don't think anyone would have questioned it if you didn't. Yeah. So that's why there's that weird crane machine point in Rogue One where they're sitting there and it's like, all right, so we have to use this crane machine to pull out the tape, bring the tape to the top of the tower, put it in the thing on the giant satellite dish, and then send it out. Hmm. Yeah, so that's why that's there. And then the other one is when we first meet Han, um, and he says it made the Kessel Run in however many parsecs it is. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you always interpret that scene as a kid, or when you when you watched it the first few times? It was really fast. Okay. Um, once you knew what a parsec was, did that change? Because a parsec's a measure of distance, not a measure of time. Oh, yes. I mean, I'm going, like, wouldn't it just mean? So basically what it is, when, did you see So, like, he didn't have to do as much maneuvering. Right. He didn't have to, he went right through it. He found a shortcut. Okay. Yeah. Um, I always interpret it, once I found out what a parsec was, when I took high school in physics, and they're like, oh, that's a measure of distance. I always interpreted that as he's trying to hustle them. Oh. Because if he says, I did it in this many parsecs, if they don't correct me, like, oh, that's a unit of distance, it means mm-hmm. he can flee someone on the price because they're stupid. 
Oh, okay. That's how I always interpreted that. But Solo happened, and that didn't necessarily need to happen, I don't think. Okay. Um, Did you watch that movie or no? Solo? Yeah. I don't really remember too much about it, though. I don't think I was super into it. Yeah, it's not great. Um, Yeah, we did. We covered that. So going through, let's see what else we have here. Um, I also have a note. Do you remember the scene where Luke figures out that they probably figured out where he lives if they got to the Gawas? Mm-hmm. And do you remember how long the camera sits on watching Luke run to the speeder in complete silence with no dialogue. It is I a don't movie. remember it being in it, the one that I used to watch, but I did see it in this it one. It is a and needless amount of time that recent. we just hold on Luke it was running so awkward. the camera. Because it's like, he's like, no, Luke, it's dangerous. And then it's just, he's still running to it. It's not like he said that by the time he arrived. Mm-hmm. He's still running for another like four seconds after that. And it's like, we don't need this. Yeah. Um Yeah, that's just it's just so, so silly. Um the the Ben Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi thing is just and I think that that's the problem too, is that it's like when you look at how much they try to like fit everything together in the prequels, it's like, well, why the fuck did you go back to your home, like the, the planet where it is, and then leave him with his biological like, or I'm sorry, like, marriage-related aunt and uncle, and, like, no one thought, hmm, let's just see what these motherfuckers are doing. Like, mm. um, let's see. So, let, do you want to go through the plot? Let's go through the plot. Because that's the end of my notes that I have, because I didn't save the document after I started taking <laughs> notes. Because I, I don't use Google Drive usually. I just do it on Microsoft Word. Um, So, per Wikipedia... Amid a galactic civil war, the Rebel Alliance spies have stolen plans to the Galactic Empire's Death Star, a massive space station capable of destroying entire planets. Imperial Senator Princess Leia Organa of Alderaan, secretly one of the Rebellion's leaders. Now, secretly, I think, is not exactly the word I would use here. I think she's kind of openly one of the Rebellion's leaders. Yeah. I don't get the impression anywhere in this movie that she's trying to be secretive about it. I mean, she is in the beginning. Not really, though, because it's like, you get the sense when Vader made her first, it's like, oh, you again, you fuck. Like, that's the impression I get when he sees her. It's like, you know, like, I- I've dealt with this before. Like, uh, whatever. Um, Princess Leia of Alderaan, secretly one of the Rebellion's leaders, has obtained its schematics, but her starship is intercepted by an Imperial Star Destroyer under the command of the ruthless Darth Vader. Before she is captured, she hides the plans in the memory systems of R2-D2, who flees an escape pod to a nearby desert planet, Tatooine, alongside his companion, protocol droid C-3PO. The droids mm-hmm. are captured by Jawa traders, and I don't think this is necessary for the plot, I'm going to be completely honest. I think the Jawa thing is, like, it's the thing where I'm like, Ugh. like, I don't need to see the fucking Jawas and, and them arguing in the desert. Like, I'm not going that way. Like, you go that way. I'm not fucking following you. Go have fun. <laughs> um, so then the moisture farmers Owen and Baru Lars and it's like the 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 attitude that Luke cops with them is so funny when you watch it where it's like uh, when they pull up the Jawas who let's be honest are openly trafficking and stolen goods and they have this mm-hmm. giant kick ass like thing in the desert that's like oh good the stolen goods traders are here today like, the, sa- the sand crawler yeah, they pull up with that, and it's like, all right. So then, like, Baru calls him over and goes, 
make sure that they speak he knows that they speak bocce. And it's like and he's like, Well, no fucking shit. I know it's gotta speak bo-. like the attitude he coughed with her is just so needless that <laughs> it's like, okay, whatever. Um while cleaning R2D2, he discovers a holographic recording of Leia requesting help from an Obi-Wan Kenobi. Later, after Luke finds R2D2 missing, I feel like we're skipping around a lot here. He's attacked by scavenging sand people, which, by the way, um, how did you feel about them doing dances with wolves with sand people in Book of Boba Fett? I don't, I haven't. You didn't watch Book of Boba Fett? Watch it, Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, the one on uh Disney Plus. I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Um, the Boba Fett show on Disney Plus. I know, but I don't remember oh, yeah, what I don't remember that scene. It was the first two episodes, like after he escapes from the Sarlacc pit. It's oh. like he gets captured by sand people and he's working with the sand people. Okay, I don't think we needed that. And he danced, yes, yes. Um, it's dancing with wolves, but in the Star Wars world, anyway. Um, he's rescued by the elderly hermit old Ben Kenobi, an acquaintance of Luke's, who reveals that Obi-Wan's his true, na- true name. Um, now, my question is, how long did he start referring to himself as old Ben Kenobi? Like, because it's not like he was young. It's like he was old when he got there, and it's not like he's really old now. No, like, but so in one of the books, they talk about how... The one we're talking um, about in three weeks. The... The Obi Not One Kenobi book. Yeah, that's the that's the first book we're doing. Oh, okay. Well, you know, at the end of it, he he's told, um, you know, keep your face or during it, he's ke- told keep your face covered because it'll aid the Tatooine winds and sun will aid you or right. suns will aid you. And I mean, so I guess it kind of. And he gets like, sense. "Fuck you!" And I he know says, better. "Yeah," and he like takes his head off. <laughs> um. In order to get aged. But 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 no, my question is my question is not that. My question is at what point did he start referring to himself as old Ben Kenobi? And at no point did him being I referred think to it, as like that... forever because he's always been like ironic and weird. But like at the same time, it's like if you're if you're Obi-Wan and it's like old Obi-Wan Kenobi and like old Ben Kenobi, it's like it's not even an anagram or an anagram you can at least have it where it's hard to decipher who it is. It's like if I'm Vader, I'm like, oh that's him. There's that motherfucker. Like no, because he's out in the middle of nowhere, and why would he go there? That's the, the like that whole thing is so, like the amount of like mental gymnastics they have to do to correct that. Where it's like no, 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 he wouldn't go back there because the memories are too painful. It's like what the fuck? Yeah, no, he wouldn't because it would anyway. awaken Anakin. That he does go there though between four and five in a in a mm-hmm. comic. We'll talk about. Well, uh, did you read the Afro book? No. Okay, we'll we'll eventually get to that. The Afro book's really good. Anyway, um, he reveals that Obi-Wan's his true name. Obi-Wan tells Luke of his days as one of the Jedi Knights. Now, just imagine him doing this scene, but smoking a pipe the entire time, and how much better that would have been. <laughs> um, the former peacekeepers of the Jedi of the Galactic Republic who drew, drew mystical abilities from a metaphysical energy field known as the Force. But they were ultimately hunted to near extinction by the Empire. Now, he doesn't say that in this movie, in this. Um, that is extrapolating out from what we know in the future. Um, Luke learns that his father fought alongside Obi-Wan as a Jedi Knight during the Clone Wars until Vader, Obi-Wan's former pupil, turned to the dark side of the Force and murdered him. Obi-Wan offers Luke his father's old lightsaber, the signature weapon of the Jedi Knights. Um, now, 
people like to say that this was a planned out series when it started, and people like to point out that the Disney trilogy was not planned out. I will counterpoint and say that when you watch this scene where he's talked about um, him being the uh, about who his father is and who Vader is, there is nothing there that indicates that there is any that they are related at all. Okay. Um, and that's the thing too. Like when you look at like all the things that they kind of spitballed for this, like the the ideas for Mara Jade that would eventually get put into Heir to the Empire and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, started in the script for episode six. Okay. With the idea of his sister being trained by the Empire instead and being put on the other side of the galaxy. Hmm. Um, R2-D2 plays Leia's full message in which she begs Obi-Wan to take the Death Star plans to her home planet of Alderaan and give them to her father, a fellow veteran. He's He wasn't a veteran of anything uh, for analysis. Jimmy Smith did not fight in anything. Jimmy Smith is at best a bureaucrat. Mm-hmm. Um, although Luke initially declined Obi-Wan's offer to accompany him to Alderaan because this is th- by the way, I don't know if we, we haven't addressed this yet um, this follows the layout of the monomyth beat for beat uh, and the monomyth, for those who don't know is Joseph Campbell's theory of storytelling um, oh. so it's like beat for beat you have to have the call to adventure, the hero's gotta deny the adventure, you gotta have a mentor they have to go on the adventure, the mentor has to die he has to go. He has to realize his destiny. He has to use the powers that he learned along the way to to fit, to finish out the story and then go about his business. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's from a hero in a thousand faces. Um. So Luke, um, declines the call to adventure and learns the way learn the fate way of the force. But he has no choice after discovering that stormtroopers have murdered his aunt and uncle and destroyed their farm in search for the droids. Um. Traveling to a cantina in Mos Eisley in search for transport, there should really be a separate paragraph. Luke and Obi Wan hire Han Solo. I'm not. I'm sitting here and I'm fucking correcting the grammar on Wikipedia as I read this. Um, <laughs> a smuggler with a price on his head due to a debt to a local mobster named Jabba the Hutt, pursued by stormtroopers. That feels dismissive. I don't think he's just a mobster because when I hear mobster, I think guy in a pinstripe suit and a hat. Um, I don't think he necessarily fits in as a local mobster. Who? Like, Job of the Hut. Yes, he does. No, like that. You're saying he's a local mobster, like saying that Al Capone was a local mobster for Chicago, like, like he's like a kingpin. I guess so, but that's it's not like, inaccurate. Like local mobster, I think, like you know, the low level guys, like the guys in that movie, The Outfit, who are like just you know, very thick Italian accents, you know. Anyway. Yeah, but the Hut Syndicate is larger than Jabba. Right, but he's like, all right, I'll give it that. But I feel like he got a lot more power <laughs> than just the average like guy on the street. That's true. That's why um, he's a a mobster. No, I think mobster's too low. He's still like running shit. Like mobsters don't run shit. Mobsters enforce shit. Pursued by stormtroopers, that's a stretch. So maybe he should have been the local godfather. Yes. <laughs> well, what did they? What did they fucking call Boba Fett through the entire book of Boba Fett? Daima, dime, oh. dime, daimyo. They called through the entire thing. That's a more accurate. Well, no, because that's that's a more samurai positive thing. Because we'll get to that show eventually. I I have a lot of problem with that show. Anyway. Okay. 
pursued by stormtroopers Obi-Wan, Luke, R2-D2, and C-3PO. By the way, this is why you need to use commas more efficiently. Uh, flee Tatooine with Han and his Wookiee companion, Chewbacca, on their ship, the Millennium Falcon. Before the Falcon can reach Alderaan, uh, that's Star Commander Grand Moff Tarkin, who is great in this movie. Um, I love his character. He's such an asshole, but he's so great. Tarkin? Yeah. Yeah. He's, I think he's the best one-off Empire guy. Oh, no. I I do really like Ben Mendelsohn in Rogue One, too. Have you read the book that was written about him? I have not read the Tarkin book yet. It's good. I just um, re-listened to it. I really like it. Um, I still think Ben Mendelsohn is my favorite. Of the of the, of the the whiny Imperial assholes, I think Ben Mendelsohn <laughs> is pretty great, too. Um, where he's like, he goes to Vader's house, like, he's being mean to me. Tell him to stop. Like... And then Vader chokes him out. Anyway, upon arrival, um, that's the commander. Grand Walsarkin destroys the planet in a show of force after interrogating Leia for the location. It feels like we we yadi yadi yadded over some stuff here, but mm-hmm. like all, all of that stuff on the Death Star, like the design of the Death Star is so cool. And I don't think we've really addressed you know any of the designs or anything. Like the design mm-hmm. of the Death Star is so cool and all and everything that goes into it. Um, and seeing the weapon for the first time is. So, like it's such an impressive scene considering it was 1977 mm-hmm. um upon arrival the falcon is captured by the death star's tractor beam but the group manages to evade capture by hiding in the smuggling compartments okay as obi-wan leaves again this is like the worst ship ever like as obi-wan leaves to disable the tractor beam luke persuades han and chewbacca to help him rescue leia after discovering she's scheduled to be executed after disabling the tractor beam, Obi-Wan sacrifices himself in a lightsaber duel against Vader, which I, I think that, like, Vader kind of just takes this whole situation in stride way more than he should. Um, Because, like, that's the thing. It's like, if, if you look at this, the way that this scene plays out, where it's like, he's like, alright, if you, if you kill me, then I really win. And Vader's like, yeah, but you'll be dead, so who cares? So Vader cuts mm-hmm. him through, and he turn and he turns into a pile of clothing, and Vader starts ticking the pile of clothing, and he's like, "Well, that's new." Like, he he takes the whole thing pretty well for someone who's like, "This is fucking unreal." Like, can we get an explanation as to how this happened? Like, he he became one with the Force. Yeah, but I don't think Vader understands that because it's not like he said, "If you defeat me, then I'll become one with the Force, and I'll be able to whisper and um." But Vader is Anakin, and Anakin had Jedi training and probably read about it. No, because that—that's the thing—is that becoming one with the Force thing was not something that could happen until um, what's it called? Until Qui Gon did it. What do you mean? No, that's not true. They—they said in the thing, it's like Qui Gon figured out how to do it, and it was a long lost thing. So Anakin would have no idea how that works. No, Anakin wouldn't know how it works, but would know that it was a thing, and he would be familiar with it having been done because of Qui-Gon. No, but he never met Qui-Gon doing it, because Qui-Gon... He never saw it, but he'd heard about it. No, because we don't hear... When would he have heard about it? Because Obi-Wan... And just Jedi training and reading books. No, Obi-Wan doesn't learn about it until after he already fucks up Anakin and goes back to the blockade runner... To meet with Bale and Yoda. And Yoda's like, alright, so we lost. Now, instead of regrouping and trying again, 
I'm going to go hide on this planet okay, for a while. Here's my other argument for the response then. Um, let's switch gears. It's very <laughs> Sith for him to not give a shit. Okay. I would still be concerned though if he's like, if you kill me, I'll become more powerful than you can ever imagine. And then you cut through him and he vanishes. I'd be like, we definitely need to look into this a little more because I don't but know that what is he did. not maybe he's but a that's bomb. not the that's not the Sith way. Like so he might have looked into it after the fact, but I think he would have just, you know, it's not very Sith for him to care about anything other than what's happening in that moment. And to make All sure right. that he wins. Hmm. I still feel like it's weird. No, but um, it's a good point. I just, <laughs> <laughs> just like like, I just like, have to argue it a little bit. Like, like, I, I just don't understand. Like, it's just the kind of thing where it's like, again, very obviously this wasn't planned out. And, and it's because of that, and then Yoda, and then also Anakin dying, that there became this idea that every Jedi, when they die, becomes a Force ghost. Um, Until they corrected that in the prequels and said only certain Jedi who trained to do it can do it. Um, So that was a big thing in all the expanded universe stuff before episode three. Was that any Jedi who dies just became a Force ghost? Because that was just the assumption based on information and evidence. Anyway, uh, using a tracking device, the Empire tracks the Falcon to the hidden rebel base on Yavin 4. The schematics reveal a hidden weakness in Death Star's thermal exhaust port, which could allow the rebels to trigger a chain reaction in its main reactor with a precise proton torpedo strike. Now, I want to get your opinion on this. Now, in the old canon, the explanation for why they have this ridiculous weakness is Vader. And the thought process is that the Empire, in an effort to make it so that way, in the event that the Rebels decide to launch an assault and take the base, um, they would need to have something there that you need to have an incredible pilot to do. And mm-hmm. the only pilot who'd be able to do it was Vader. So in the event that it fell to the Rebels, Vader would be able to do the trench run blow it up, and then go about his day. Um, And that would solve the problem. In the new one, it is established that it's Oppenheimer decided that his weapon was too dangerous. I know it's not really Oppenheimer. I know it's Galen Erso, but he's basically Oppenheimer in the movie. Um, Decided his his weapon was too dangerous and and he needed a way to destroy his creation, so he put in this uh, the thing to destroy it. In a really complex way that he really should have included the plan in his initial call to Jin, instead of saying, okay, and the plan is in an Imperial stronghold that you need to get into. Good luck with that, buddy. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So which one do you think is better, in your opinion? Between what? What I just said. You said a lot of stuff. <laughs> there, there are two ways. The original way, like the original, like the the explanation for why the they had the weakness on the Death Star. The original oh. explanation or the new explanation. And the new explanation... Which one's the original? Was Darth Vader and then... The, the Darth Vader and the, ori- and the new one is the one from Rogue One. Where somebody... I think the... I don't think either of them are very good. I mean, the second one makes kind of sort of some sense that somebody would want to do that, but not enough sense because so many fucking people are going to look at those schematics that they somebody would have noticed. See, I think my 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 problem with the entire trench run sequence is 
it's space. So you can go in any direction you want. Why are mm-hmm. we going down this little trench? Yeah. To get to this thing. When, why are we not headed straight at the exhaust port? Okay. And just firing straight I have out? an answer. You do? Okay, good. Yes, it's the automatic laser systems. Okay, but why do we need, like, they don't have to wait till they're right on top of it. And I think you don't have to, like... My my problem with the exhaust port is, and they won't you, get they won't get um noticed. No, they got noticed. I know. I don't know. Because like dramatics the going the way they did, like you have to like get it, and you have to have the torpedo turn at a ninety degree angle into this hole, and it's like when you see Luke do it, and it's like, oh, Luke did it, great, but it's like, what fucking targeting computer? was able to 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 angle that. Why was it not like go go like this and then like go up a little bit down and then go. Like Because the lasers would have got them. No, that was the thing. The turbo lasers are too big to fire on them efficiently. Hmm. That was the entire reason they used small craft because they didn't think the small craft were going to be a threat, so they planned for big attacks. Yeah, so they like strafed the against it. And stuff like that. So like that know. that they had the plan. It's just the whole thing is ridiculous. The movie sucks. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, uh, it'll trigger a chain reaction in the main reactor with a precise proton torpedo shot. While Han abandons the rebels after collecting his reward for rescuing Leia, Luke joins the X-wing starfighter squadron in, in a desperate attack against the approaching Death Star. In the ensuing battle, the rebels suffer heavy losses, including Porkins, who is his name is just a joke. Like. Was his name Porkins, or did you cast this really big fat... Like, what was the order of operations on this fat guy joining the Rebellion and, and him getting named Porkins? Was it... You you cast this guy, and you see that he's this big, and you're like, hmm, he looks like a Porkins. Or was it you you, you came up with the name, and you're like, well, with a name like Porkins, he's got to be like 700 pounds. Like, what was the order of operations on that? That's all I want to know. Um, Han and Chewbacca unexpectedly return to aid them in the Falcon and knock Vader's ship off course before he can shoot down Luke. Guided by the disembodied voice of Obi-Wan's spirit, Luke Mary sues the torpedoes into the exhaust port, destroying the Death Star moments before it fires on the Rebel base. In a triumphant ceremony at the base, Leia awards Han and Luke medals for their heroism, but not Chewbacca, which would not get solved until Episode Nine because that was a glaring problem with these movies that thankfully they addressed. All right, you may not find me funny, but I do, you know, address, you know, it's more for me. Yes. Okay. I didn't see your message, and I was still talking, <laughs> and then I heard, uh, and then I looked, I was like, did she just not find this funny? Because I, like, look, at the end of the day, I do the funny bitch for me, but, you know, whatever. I, um, you, I messaged you a little bit ago, and I was like, I need it. I need my charge. Yeah, I saw that after the fact, and I was like, oh, okay, that's what she want. Okay. What was the no, last I didn't year? go anywhere. My computer died. <laughs> Okay, so did you hear the bit about the uh, the episode nine? Because I'm not going to repeat the joke at this point because it just no. didn't feel weird. Yeah, I made a joke about you know Rise of Skywalker, a real barn burner of a joke. You missed it though, so okay. Um, because uh, they gave the medals to Luke and Han, but not Chewbacca, and apparently that's a problem. Um, yeah, and and I made a joke about. Okay, anyway, moving on. Um, so. We're just about wrapping up for today. So let me make a, a, a document real quick. That's that why I have it here. 
So we're going to start like the entire point of this is we're going to rank everything Star Wars related. So Korean shares are running an email about this. So rankings. Now it's not a lot to discuss because we have just the one. So we're going to do overall. I guess it goes in the one spot and then we move it down as we see fit. Right. Movies. Um, Number one Star Wars movie. Then, episode four. And <laughs> Legends. So here's what I'm going to do. So um, Okay, so it's, it, the paper is made now. So, um, And this is just temporary until I put it into a spreadsheet because you know no, how you I love spreadsheets. just put it on a napkin. It'll be fine. You know how I love spreadsheets. So <laughs> Yes. Um. Yeah, so overall, we're going to put it at number one. Um, but we're going to do three, well, in this case, four, because the movies get four rankings. Um, so overall, which is going to be against everything. So video games, movies, books, TV show, everything gets ranked against each other in that. Then there's within category. So movies compared against movies, books against books. Um yeah, and, and and so on and so forth. So so far, it's all in the. Uh, it's gonna be number one the... for everything. Yes. Yep. And then also we're gonna do compared to other things in its canicity, canonness, whether it's being fired out of the canon, I don't know. Um, so because the movies are both can are canon to the current continuity and the legends con. Oh, that's what we'll do it. Within continuity. So because this is canon to both the movies and the legends, um, this will get ranked in both at number one for those. But like when we do Kenobi in a few weeks, that is only canon to um, the legends continuity, not the regular continuity. So that'll only be ranked there. Okay. So I'm going to make a spreadsheet of that. I want to make a note of that before I forget. Uh, and then we also are going to do, but there's something else we needed to do. Um, I don't think there is. I think we got everything for for this because there's not much to discuss in terms of ranking it because it's gonna be number one for everything. So, ta-da, number one. Have you? What was your most? Uh, and for a fun fact, um, what 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 have you bought most recently or received most recently as a new Star Wars thing? Did you guys get something as a Star Wars gift and you want to talk about it? No, I just feel like <laughs> you would. I mean, most... yes, that's all people get me, but I just, I thought it would be fun. That was, uh, let me say, the most Bully. recent Star Wars thing. <laughs> no, the way, like, of nothing, have you gotten anything Star Wars related yet? Yeah, like. I may have. have... No, I, well, I was thinking about the other things I could ask in the future. Okay. Like, what was the first Star Wars item you've ever received? Oh, the first one I ever got. No, I'm not okay. asking that question okay, this time. Most, most recent. I'm sorry. Um, most recent would have been. Hmm, that's rough. I don't know what the last thing I bought was, or, or got for that matter. Um, because my sister gave me candy for Christmas, um, which is what I need at my size. Um, I don't know. It was the last thing I got. Um, was it just the probably movies? A pop, probably a pop figure. No, I bought. I I, I buy the movies when they come. I, like I'm I'm good about buying my movies as soon as they come out. Nine okay. times out of ten. Um, so that would have been twenty twenty would have been the last time I would have bought one. Um when Rise of Skywalker came out. Okay. Unless we got my Disney Plus subscription that got taken out within the last twenty minutes, uh, based on the email. 
Um, yeah, probably a pop figure. Okay. I think it, I think it definitely is a pop figure. I'll share mine. <laughs> it's on the table. We got it for Christmas. Um. Oh, that's cute. Yes, I. For those of you on the audio podcast who are, I adore. <laughs> I really like um Baby Yoda. I mm-hmm. think he's wicked, wicked cute. And so I have a mug that has Baby Yoda holding a mug on it. And then in the back, it's just Baby Yoda and his little carrier thing. And it has a chocolate ball thing that goes in it. Like a is hot that cocoa mug. The hot cocoa bomb? Yes. And in the hot cocoa bomb, there is a Baby Yoda shaped marshmallow hmm. that I'm excited for. <laughs> yeah, I got um, what's it called? Yeah, I did. Uh... You know what I saw that was kind of interesting when I was at um, Williams and Sonoma, which is kind of like. One of those things, like, why the fuck is Williams and Sonoma carrying this? It was a Death Star crockpot. Oh, that's cool! But it's also not the kind of thing you, like, Williams and Sonoma is high-end kitchen stuff, and it's like, well, here's a crockpot painted like the Death Star. Like, it's not- I'd get that in a heartbeat. Oh my gosh, that'd be awesome. I have (laughs) some um, Star Wars kitchen stuff, but that's for another time. I have the, what's it called? I have the the kitchen timer. That's a Death Star. Oh, that's You turn it, and then it fires the laser when it I just said that was for another time, and then you felt the need to share it. You're probably one kitchen item that's Star Wars. Wow, this is getting into the attack territory now. I don't feel the need. Don't ruin my bit! Okay. (laughs) I had a questioning bit, too, that that we can can break out, too, if we want to do one last Okay, what's yours? Okay, Uh, this is tangentially Star Wars, but not really. Um, It's just getting to know the host kind of thing. What is your favorite non-Star Wars science fiction movie? Today? I mean, in general. I don't mean like... <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> what you mean by today. <laughs> it could be different tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. Like... that much? Yeah. It varies on the season as well. Does it really? How yes. does it vary on the season? It could be Harry Potter. That's not science and... fiction. What is it then? Fantasy. Explicitly fantasy. Okay. Okay. Stand by. Even though I would say arguably Star Wars does go between the two quite a bit. Because it's, it's basically just swords and sorcery in space. The only one that I can get that's coming to mind right now is um Dune. No. Um, Alien in the Alien series. Okay, that's fair. Because uh, I said Dune. Dune is mine. Oh, okay, cool. Have you you have you seen Dune or no? Yeah, I was fine. <laughs> Sorry to. That's, that's I'm sure wrong. you feel the same way about the Alien movies. No, the Alien movies are kind of classics. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Dune is great. Dune's coming out next year. Um, so we'll wrap up there for today. This is coming out on, let me look at the date that's going to come out so I know what to vlog the 11th. Um, so, uh, last weekend, if you go to Beware of Spoilers, you could have heard me and Peter do our end of year top 10 because Josie couldn't be there because she is doing stuff. I also maybe not have read, have seen 10 things this year. It's possible. Um, we're going to attempt to have your votes in if you if you can. I did put I'm the list. Try. 
I put the list on the Google Doc of all the movies that I've seen, so that way you can just okay go based on that. It's the it's in the in the in the folder. It's just the one that says movie list dot PDF. Okay. There's like seventy five movies in there, so. Okay. Yeah. So if you guys go through and if you've seen ten of those, pick ten, rank them one to ten, and I'll put your votes in. But we're gonna tally them up. And for those who are listening, they already know what happened if you did or not. So. Okay. It'll be. It'll, they'll. It, it's weird. They know, but we don't. Oh. And we're the ones who are doing it. It's a very weird situation because we're recording this this far out. That's um, cool. Yeah, so we're going to do that. And then we're also going to do a movie draft, which is the other reason that, um, I mean this in the nicest way, but it's a, it's kind of a good thing you're not going to be on that episode. <laughs> 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 no offense. I guess know that like when me and Peter are going to go through and we're going to look at all of the upcoming releases for 2023. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm gonna, not likely yeah, to know exactly. anything. And we were or, like, or I, care. When I, when I posited so. this idea to him, I was like, this will work a lot better if she's not on because she has And that's fine. Because she's not going to look at the, she's not going to look at the paper. Nope. She's not nope. going to, yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I'm let me not, just, let's just. I'm, I'm going to go with all intentions of doing it and then. And then something's gonna happen. I'm not gonna be able to. Let's just steer into the skid right here, mm-hmm. and uh, and and just you know do that. So that is also gonna be there, and we're gonna have the results up on the website. If you are interested in following along, go to multipleworldproductions.com. On there, you will find links to all of the pot, well, all three of the podcasts, and um, all the cool stuff happening there, uh, alongside the the updated schedule for thirty minute reviews starting next year. Um, so until then, have a great rest of your week. I have a joke for you. Do you? Yes. Can we end with a joke? <laughs> yes, we can end with a joke. Okay. Um, this will be is... funny. Laugh, please. <laughs> Insert laugh track, okay? Uh, <laughs> uh, what is a Jedi's favorite car? I know the answer, but I'm just going to let you give the, the punchline. Okay, fine. If you know... If you know, then what is a Jedi's favorite software? I... Okay, go ahead. Do you know? I don't know. It's an Adobe Juan Kenobi. Hilarious. The other one I had heard, <laughs> I read that in Boy's Life in like the third grade. Oh, a Toyota. <laughs> yeah. Is this how you want to end off every episode? Yeah, I'll have another joke. Don't worry. Okay. All right. So we'll wrap up there for today. So. Until the next episode, have a great rest of your week.